the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got David Harrell. He's community outreach for Camp No Limits. So welcome onto the show, David. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Oh, the pleasure is absolutely all mine. So obviously, we were talking about it before we came on to do this recording today about obviously our own personal experiences and Mm -hmm. how I kind of found Camp uh, No Limits. But beyond the initial introduction that I've given you, David, are there any little bits and nuggets that you'd like to share with my audience? Well, yeah, I think first and foremost, uh, just a little bit of, of, about Camp No Limits. Um, camp No Limits is a, is a camp for kids with limb difference and limb loss and their families. And our mission is to educate, uh, empower, and support those kids uh, with limb difference to live a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. Uh, but what I love about our camp and the way it's a little bit different than some of the other camps out there is that we include the, fa- the, the whole family. The idea is that the, the family is there. Uh, we also include siblings. So we, we sort of have a program for our siblings because I think uh, I grew up uh, with limb difference. I was born without my right hand and I have two younger brothers and I realized you know, we never talked about what their experience was. So this, this is what I, I, I love about our camp is, is, is giving uh, some, some space for siblings to sort of talk about and, and, and realize what their feelings are. Also for the siblings to see a, a lot of uh, other kids who might look like their brother or sister uh, and be like, oh, right, I'm not the only one uh, as well. Uh, so, our, so our camps, uh, we started in 2004, uh, with four families, and uh, now uh, and, and now we have over ten camps all across the country, and we serve hundreds of families every every year. Uh, so we have a wide variety of camps, uh, which is which is really exciting. Um, so that's kind of the the core of uh, of I guess our conversation, and I think you found this camp, uh, uh, and we uh, we sort of come from a. Um, occupational therapy and physical therapy mindset. We were founded, uh, our founder's an occupational therapist. And I think her, her initial, uh, the way that she sort of came up with this idea is uh, a kid came into her office who was, uh, who was missing three limbs. And she was working with him and trying to figure out now, how can we uh, make sure that this young person is, is got a, um, uh, is using his his body the most effective way, and she came in contact with some uh, some folks uh, who were prosthetists, and they kind of worked on uh, how prosthetics could uh, uh, enhance that opportunity for that young kid. And then you know she started thinking, where's an opportunity for this kid just to be a kid? You know where 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 can this guy uh, this little 
he was two or three at the time. But, but but as he begins to get a little bit older, where's a place for him to to learn some of these not only lessons and how to adapt and how to to uh, to use uh, his body in the best possible way, but also uh, to connect um, with with other people that may be like him and uh, and to find support that way. So this idea kind of came about a camp for kids uh, with limb difference. And again, started with four families uh, and it just continued to grow and continue to grow and continue to spread out. And, uh, and now, you know, we, we're having a generation of, of, of kids who kind of come through this camp and are now uh, young adults and, and, and accomplishing amazing things and finding their own voice. And that's a super exciting thing to be. And I think as we were sort of talking briefly, uh, as we were beginning, uh, I think it's super exciting to see that this generation has kind of come through this world of, uh, of having role models and having uh, their experiences reflected back to them. Uh, what they're going to be able to accomplish is, is, is really going to be fascinating to watch. Do you think it's also easier uh, to put, and obviously put some into context of what we were discussing uh, for the, for the listeners is sure. Do you think because it's very much, well, first and foremost, commonplace. You've got the likes of Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's become normalized to to be see somebody with a limb difference, somebody who's got a congenital disability. So it kind of levels the playing field. Whereas you go back to the days of when we were growing up, you were kind of in a, in a bubble until you came across that other individual and you kind of think to yourself, well, I'm not alone in, in this world to having to deal with this, this, um, I won't even call it a difficulty, but be it generally speaking, people will come and say your upbringing was adverse. Generally speaking, that will be mm-hmm. most people who are able-bodied. Some may say that from the d- disabled community as well, but they probably have acquired their, their, um, uh, how would I put it? Their, their. I don't want to call it a disability. Their, their, their newfound identity, mm-hmm. and they kind of say it's adverse as well. It's because you're in this new sense of probably finding yourself, and we're trying to find where the boundaries are. Mm-hmm. You and I were thrust into it, into, well, probably had very much similar families in terms of it's positive it's positive mm-hmm. the outlook is well we're not going to wrap you up in cotton wool we're not going to make you not be a child and be adventurous and and, and be i'll call it risk adverse and to make make your own mistakes and mm-hmm. uh, adapt to, as as you go along you kind of go uh from that basis of trying to find your own way in in the world i think so i think to a certain extent I would say we're probably wiser beyond our years, maybe not so, so much now, but be it when we were kids, we were trying to be very much uh, those engineers, trying to think of outside of this perspective of the norm as to, well, I can't do it the same way as my able-bodied peers. Mm-hmm. How do I come up with a, a solution or resolution to something that is as mundane as going on the monkey bars? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think uh, the way the world has become smaller, the fact that I mean, you and I are talking across Great Atlantic Ocean, you know, today. So I think the, the, the way that things have gotten smaller um, uh, with social media, there is the potential of 
of finding those, um, uh, those connections. And in fact, I think that would be how, you know, me as an adult, I connected with this community of limb difference, uh, limb loss, uh, amputee, however you want to kind of, uh, you know, those different categories. I, I, it wasn't until probably 2012 or so. And that, you know, I was on the internet and found a blog, uh, by my friend, Jen Reeves, uh, who had a blog called born just right. And I started reading that. It was about her daughter and her experience growing up. And, uh, and I friended Jen and, you know, was, uh, saw her on Facebook or, or whatever. And then ultimately found another thing called the lucky thin project, which is another great uh, community resource, both created by mothers of children with limb difference uh, because they were looking for resources when they were going through their experience and there wasn't anything out there. So the fact that they created these things uh, helped, I think, create this community that exists and that community is, is, uh, hasn't existed for very long. So I think, right. I think there was, um, I think you're absolutely right. The, the perception of adversity and overcoming adversity um, that is placed upon someone uh, especially, you know, congenital or anyone that's dealing with, with limb difference, that's always part of the narrative. And sometimes we don't find the narrative of um, uh, adaptability and, uh, and, and creativity uh, and that all of us are going to have, uh, perhaps those skills come to us a little easier, more naturally because of necessity. Uh, but I, I don't really look back at my life in terms of, uh, uh, of it was, um, uh, it was so adverse and I had to do all, all these things. I do think I certainly had to learn to navigate, whether it be the monkey bars, uh, in a direct way or learn to navigate certain social situations. Uh, you, you find ways to, to, to do that. And I think it certainly, um, would, it would have helped to have, uh, others, uh, like me, uh, other peers like me to sort of have conversations with uh, and sort of learn from um, because I think having that sort of community uh, is certainly going to be a bit more beneficial than having to, to figure it out by yourself. Um, so that's why I love that this community is, is, is continuing to grow uh, and support each other. Do you think it also helps from a, the supportive sense of, and this is probably a s- sentiment that you've heard when you were growing up as well, is, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. I don't think you'll mm-hmm. be able to do it based on my perception or, or perspective of you having a disability. Oh, sure. I think, I mean, I think, and I think that still exists. I think it's, it's slowly changing. I think it, it's, um, and I think that's certainly you know, just to tie back into to, to Camp No Limits, I think the, the, the idea of no limits was this idea that let's let's keep pushing pushing past those those limitations, whether they're coming from ourselves, whether they're coming from someone else. Let's keep pushing uh, and let's find ways that we can continue to figure out how we can best accomplish that activity. And maybe we're not going to do the activity the same as everybody else, but we're going to work and we're going to adapt. We're going to find the ways that we are going to, uh, that we can accomplish that goal. Um, so I think, I think it's, um, uh, I, I, yeah, I certainly had, uh, in my time playing sports, I played, um, uh, baseball and football, American football, uh, predominantly growing up. And I had coaches who, who would say, you know, David's, can't do this or you're not going to do this. 
Um, and I think there was an initial drive just to push and push and push to prove that, uh, that I was going to, that I was going to do it. And, um, so I think, like I said, now, I think these, these, uh, these young people who are coming up in this generation that is sort of, I think had a little bit more support, had a little bit more of a community. Uh, they know if someone tells them they can't do something that they're li- that, that person's lying to them. They know internally that they've seen it. They've seen other people accomplish things. They've seen other people do things. And so they're going to find uh, a way and uh, to adapt and get it done the way that they want to get it done. And so I think that's why I think when I keep saying it's going to be amazing to watch these, these, uh, this new generation continue to, to accomplish things because um, you know, there's not a lot of history. People can general amputees have existed for a very long time, but there's not a lot of history about us. And so if you go a couple generations ahead of us, those, those guys and those men and women didn't have uh, for the most part, um, an awareness of society, you know? And so there, I think the, just the awareness uh, that society has now is, is, uh, is also a, uh, attributing to uh, the potential for what people are going to accomplish. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think uh, we were fortunate probably in our generation that our parents, I mean, I think the, uh, the culture was sort of shifting you know, mid 20th century. So as we go into that later part of the 20th century, you know, people were kind of saying like, you know, uh, people with disabilities or or people who are physically different probably can accomplish things and we don't need to actually hide them away or we don't need need to um, put them away. There, 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 there is an ability there. And so some shift in, I think the, uh, you know, thank goodness for our parents that there was some shift society wise and cultural wise that they began to be like, all right, my kids probably gonna be able to do whatever they would like to do. And and, and we're able to support us and we're able to sort of help push us. Uh, And I think that's just continued to grow um, in the last 40, 50 years, I think. um, And that's, again, just that real exciting thing that of what what we're going to see and what we're going to see people accomplishing and doing in the very near future. And I think also, David, and this is going to take this is going to paraphrase from a previous episode I did with Don, uh, Donovan. What's his surname? Donovan Mayan. Um, mm-hmm. he, he looked at things from a clinical psychology perspective, but I'll put a, um, a disability spin on it. Of obviously, athletes are very much ones to be able to persevere, but they lack mm-hmm. their purpose. Whereas I think with, with what you just said there you and I had a perseverance to obviously prove people wrong when we were younger. Whereas mm-hmm. now this younger generation that you taught with camp, no limits, they have a purpose as to why they're going to have that perseverance to strive to, to push the limits. Right. And I think they're finding it in community and they're, you know, they're finding it in these, like these very interesting ways. There was a, a camp last summer. We do sort of a, uh, a teen camp that's more specifically just the teens. It's, and it's more about leadership and uh, teamwork and building those sort of um, those sort of uh, uh, muscles for, for, for campers. And so, so that's the one camp that's a little bit different where we don't have families. Uh, it's just really for the teens. It's really uh, uh, it's, it, we do whitewater rafting and, and uh, they do some uh, uh, ropes courses and some other training 
um, with a fantastic group called uh, Adventure Bound up in Maine. And there was like this interesting, you know, sort of home base where there's like a little lodge and there's like a swimming pool and hot tub. And uh, we got back and our, our campers were sort of like kind of hanging out the hot tub. And then we, we needed to go watch a video of the white water rafting we just did. So we, we went up to watch the video and some other kids from other groups had taken over the hot tub area and, you know, as we left and then that other group, their video was starting. So they all left and we kind of snuck back into the, uh, our campers kind of snuck back to that hot tub and they were like, okay guys, we can't leave the hot tub because we don't want the four lemmers to take it back. (laughs) And, And I had never heard anyone say that, but they were, it was this, it was a hilarious thing of camaraderie and sort of like sort of celebrating, uh, you know, their group. And, uh, and, and again, you know, some of the four limbers were probably cute. So, you know, they, they, they let the four limbers come in, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and join them. But it was this very funny thing of like, no, 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 we'll have to, you know, take this spot. So the four limbers don't take it back. And, and I, and I, and so I think that was kind of a fun thing for me to see was that this, this group of, of young kids were, uh, were finding the support with, with each other and, and finding pride, you know, within their, uh, their limb difference. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing. You know, I, I, I think it's, it took me a very long time to have pride, you know? Um, I think I, you know, I, I stopped wearing prosthetics probably moving into high school simply because I played sports better without prosthetic. My identity was, was, was really connected to sports. So the social identity sort of kind of merged with that athletic identity. So I felt like I didn't need to, to wear it. Um, but it was probably much long, uh, much longer before I kind of felt like, Oh yeah, this is me. And then I have no reason to, to feel at odds or uncomfortable uh, because I'm going to make someone stare or someone's going to point at me. Um, so that to see those kind of young kids embracing that pride was was really really kind of cool. Do you think they have a better obviously awareness of their disability? Uh, they're one with their identity, and to a certain extent, what was the final point I was going to make? Where, and have an acceptance of who they are. It's it's at one. It's 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 not a disparity between. Uh, I use myself because I'm no different with you in terms of the example. I'm two different people. I'm James with a disability and then James, I want to be within sports and you're probably the same, David. Do you think Mm -hmm. they have that very much, that connection is one one identity and it all all is ever comes and there's one individual and you can either take me for who I am or or, or not? I I think... It's, it's, it depends on the individual, right? I think, it, I think each, because each one of them are going to be wonderfully and uniquely different. Um, I think more and more you're seeing an embrace of, of that concept of like, this is me, you know, this is all, this is all of, you know, whether I'm missing both legs I'm, or I'm missing my arm or, or what, whatever that may be, this is part of who I am. And this is all the things that I do. Um, 
and that's just makes me a, a kid or makes me a teenager, makes me a person. Um, and, and my limb difference or disability is one of many, many, many things that define who I am. Right. So there's not, I, th- I think it's, it's becoming more incorporated with hopefully their, their identity. I thought, and I hope that's sort of what, uh, I think we try, you know, at camp to, to instill is this, this idea of, uh, a full and, and healthy independent lifestyle that, you know, and, and, and you still have a lot of kids that are coming, you know, from small towns or something, you know, kind of close to where I grew up. I grew up in a real small town, never seeing anyone like me. And, and again, their parents never really seeing anyone like their kid and their, and the parents are trying to figure out like how, you know, how's my kid going to do this or that. And then I think bringing everybody together, you kind of, you kind of begin to see that. So I, but I, 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 I do think I I'm seeing more, uh, of, of, uh, I think a majority of, of the, of the young people I see, I feel like their limb difference, uh, is, is really truly just a part of their identity, which is, which I think is a place that I am now. I think my limb difference is absolutely a part of my identity. It's part of the work I do. It's part of, uh, it's part of, part of my life. Uh, but it took me a longer time to get there, I think, than, than some of these, these other kids. Do you think, and also this probably goes nicely with what we were discussing before with that, that, uh, research paper that I was talking to you about from the, you, the American university in, in Cairo in terms mm-hmm. of, I think they're better placed now because they're not trying to conventionalize themselves and trying to fit in. They're very uh-huh. much at one with being okay. Quote unquote, you know, like the black sheep of the group. I'm okay uh-huh. with being on the outside of that. Cause it makes mm-hmm. me, it makes me unique. It makes me um, be the individual who I am. Whereas you and I were probably brought up, to believe, well, we need to probably get to as close as normal as we can be mm-hmm. to not stand out and be left behind. Whereas I think where popular culture and kind of way of thinking now within, with anything to do with limb difference, uh, amputation, mm-hmm. disability in general, it's kind of going the other way. Let's jazz things up. Let's make it unique to you. Uh, right. kind of your style of fashion and make mm-hmm. you, uh, well, make the additional, be it if you have a limb, uh, a prosthetic, it's a fashion accessory, whereas you go back to when I was a teenager before that, it's very much cosmetic, and you're trying right. to fit in. And I think I pushed back against that because it could never get my complexion right, be it, because <laughs> right. I get, well, obviously people listening can't see, can't see what I look right. like, but be, I'm, go darker in the summer, so if they make the leg there, they make the the prosthetic darker, and right. then I'd get lighter in the winter. So they would never match, and vice versa. So I kind of went right. against the grain. Let's do something completely different. Uh, and I think I went with uh, I think like fourteen, fifteen, with something that looks. I think it was like red was my first one, and right. then I had a secondary one that was blue, and people thought I tattooed my whole entire leg. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that's it's obviously unconventional. It's like, no, it's not a tattoo. All it is, is a lining, but Mm -hmm. it's been recognized for being different. It's like, well, I just had enough of being, if you can't get it, you can't get it perfect. I might as well not bother and do something completely different. Right. No, I absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think now, and I'm sure if you talk to prosthetists, they would say, yeah, they could probably point to, at some point there's been a tipping point and now it's, it's moving much too 
in a direction where it's, it's uh, prosthetics are being uh, customized to each individual and each individual is finding a way to express themselves. I think, I think that's certainly happening more and more. I think still uh, I have friends who, uh, who do use uh, cosmetic prosthetics and it's, it's, it's part of their identity. It's part of what their choice. And I think there's still a place for that. I think um, it's, it's, it's sort of finding where your comfort and your zone is. But I, I had the same experience. I, I would, I would get the skin tone uh, and it would never be right. And I would get darker in the summer and I lived down uh, near the ocean. And uh, so it would be at the beach all the time. And, and, you know, I would, you know, certainly get much darker and, and then lighter in the winter. Uh, it just never matched, uh, never felt right. And, uh, but, but yeah, I, I remember, you know, it, 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 being in this, being, wanting to have something that, that allowed me to blend in and or the thought that I would blend in and then, but, but, you know, it was this big myoelectric um, hand that had a big battery pack that kind of like came out to like here and, and uh, it was never gonna, uh, it was never really going to blend you, uh, blend somebody in. But, but then it almost became a tool for me to connect with people because people thought it was fun and they thought it was, it was, it was cool. That it was different. So I would take it off and, you know, kids would play with it, uh, open and close it. And I would, you know, show them how it worked. And that would be the sort of icebreaker in some weird way. It wasn't that I was blending in. It was like, oh, I've, I've got this cool thing that, that's a little different. And now I think having either, whether they be the, the 3D printed arms or the hero arms that are coming out uh, for upper extremity, and I think lower extremity, just the, the technology that's, that's come across with, you know, with your, uh, with uh, computerized knees, just giving so much more access, um, to, um, uh, to low extremity amputees, I think. And then again, you know, you're, you've got your sports team or you've got some other kind of thing that's part of your identity that you're able to share, you're able to put out in the world. Uh, and I think that that's, that's very cool. And absolutely this younger uh, generation is, is, is got that space, you know, they're just like, they're proud of uh, uh, of who they are, and that's what's really cool. And do you think, from the sporting sense, and this is what we had discussed as well before coming on air, mm-hmm. was, you know, like having somebody that has made it to the pinnacle of the NFL. Uh, you mm-hmm. were talking about one of the baseball players in in the major leagues. And basketball's yet to make that stride, but B, there has been people with limb difference make it to the collegiate level. Do you think mm-hmm. because people are very much aware of that through the nature of what is social media, it's like, well, if even if a, a teacher or a coach says to me, I can't, I can't aspire to make that, I can see it from my own perspective and from my own eyes. It's like, well, who says I? Who, who says I right. can't? Somebody's laid the path and laid the foundations already. Who is it yeah. for me to not aspire to be able to make it if I put in the work to be able to attain that? Right. No, I think absolutely. I think having that's when we talk about that sort of uh, uh, representation that's been out there that that we've seen, uh, you know, especially in athletics. Um, and I think, but I think it's also it's also helped. Because uh, if you know, you think Jim Abbott, who's the uh, pitcher who uh, pitched in the major leagues, um, you know, he sort of began to get attention, you know, in the mid to late 1980s, 
you know, 30 or 40 some odd years ago. So within that 40 years, there've been coaches uh, who have heard of his story, you know, or, you know, began to hear about him. And there's a kid that comes out into the ball field that is missing a limb. And that coach may have, Rec, may have may have seen that story that Jim, Jim Abbott pitching in the major leagues was the number one uh, draft pick or you know draft in the first round of the major league draft. That coach would say, "Oh wait!" Instead of saying, "Oh, this kid's never going to play," I'm never going to play. He has he's seen that reflection too, so he's going to be able to put that time and effort in with that kid and help that kid find the confidence. So I think it's 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 happening in both sort of ways. You know, you're seeing number one, the kids have that kind of. Uh, drive, but then also from a coaching perspective, the coaches are now saying, I'm not just going to write this off right now. I'm going to let this kid have a chance to prove themselves. Um, and I think that's a positive thing too. And I think we are seeing more and more and more of that. Um, so, um, so I think that's fantastic that we're, we're seeing kind of both of those things. I work as an actor. So my goal is I, I want to show more uh, reflection of, uh, limb difference, limb loss in, in, in our arts and media. And we're beginning to see, we're beginning to see a little bit more of that. We see it um, more specifically in uh, uh, um, authentic portrayals, but we are beginning to see more if, if uh, the characters in amputee, we're beginning to see more amputee actors play those roles and actors, a wheelchair user, we're beginning to see more of those, um, those roles, but we're still working on is, is how do we, how do we have an amputee or a person in a wheelchair, a little person, et cetera, uh, just play a role that doesn't have anything to do with that disability or that identity? You know, it's just a guy who's picking up some chips at the store, you know, <laughs> you know what, you know, we, that's what I continue to want to see a little bit more of. But, but I think even in, 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 in that reflection, that begins to show limb difference and, uh, and disability reflected in, in ways that aren't specifically, you know, tied just to, um, to sort of one kind of industry or, or one, you know, sort of just to athletics that we're seeing it represented in a variety of different ways. So there's a broader sense of the things that you can accomplish and the things that you could do um, with limb difference. It's not just sort of like, you know, here's the, the, you know, the one thing I, I, I mean, I realized growing up, you know, I love playing baseball, but Jim Abbott's left arm was like a fighter jet. My left arm was more like a propeller blade, you know, like, um, I mean, I remember coming to the realization, like I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not able to get that ball up to 96, 97 miles an hour. Um, you know, I can throw in the high eighties or, you know, and, and I play pretty well, but, but I, but, and then in my path, my personal path, I just sort of found my way into performing and realizing that's something I wanted to do. And it sort of diverged a little bit from there, but there was still no, there was no role model for me to, you know, kind of have an awareness that this was a possibility. I think I was just hard headed enough and, and, and driven enough to want to do it. Well, I think you're accustomed to hearing the no. You, you, the, you've heard the nose. Somebody is like, "Well, it's another one I can brush aside." Yeah, right, right. No, thank right, you. Yeah. It's not. That's exactly. not doing me any good. I'm going to keep going forward. Right, uh, right. On that basis. But obviously, I'm going to get your personal opinion on this now, David. In terms of you, mm-hmm. God, I can't remember what the movie was called. You know, the one with the Rock where he played an amputee. Oh, sure. What would you? What would you ideally like to see? And obviously, this is your own opinion now. Yeah. Would you have liked to have seen 
an actual amputee play that role? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to see my friend Kurt Yeager play it. I, I, you know, he's, you know, Kurt Yeager is not Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, you know, uh, as a, you know, the, the producers of that film were going to say Dwayne Johnson's name and everything else was going to uh, draw on a certain amount of audience. And Kurt Yeager, who is a fantastic actor, uh, and there's some other actors who are leg amputees too that uh, have a good bit of experience. But Kurt's a, an actor who's on Sons of Anarchy, he's on uh, 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 oh, NCIS New Orleans recently, had a, a pretty good uh, guest star arc. Um, he's an actor that's been working and grinding and grinding and grinding um, that, that, that potentially could, could carry that film, that he hasn't had the opportunity to, to carry something like that. And so the producers are going to be a little wary of that, et cetera. I think, you know, Dwayne Johnson made a public service announcement saying, you know, we should cast actors with disabilities to play uh, characters with disabilities because they felt the pressure of um, – organizations kind of calling out that, that decision. Um, and when, and, and I get that it's a financial decision, but I think when you have, if you're going to make that decision that you're going to cast an actor without a disability to play uh, a disabled character, uh, where are you including actors with disabilities to begin to get that experience? Cause if your argument is that there's not an actor with the experience to do this, um, where, where, where are you providing opportunities for those actors? Um, and so I, I think it, I, right now, the way I think the business is, is going there, that argument still exists that there's, there, there, there's not enough actors with perhaps the experience to do, uh, certain things, but, but I think the industry is working a little bit better to to cast roles and to provide opportunities for actors with disabilities um, to begin to get that experience. Uh, and, and I think it's still, there's, you know, the broad scope of diversity, uh, there's a lot of work that is being done and, and still needs to be done. Um, but uh, trying to include disability in the, in that larger conversation of diversity is, uh, is kind of a constant, constant, uh, 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 issue and constant thing that, that people are working on. But I think we have made some strides. I mean, we, you're seeing more, you know, we had our first, uh, actress who's a wheelchair user win a Tony award, uh, uh, this past year. You're seeing, uh, a, I, I think more authentic representation. I know that the casting society of America, at least the casting directors are for the most part trying to make a concerted effort to find actors uh, with disabilities to try to cast as, as best they can authentically. Um, but when you have millions and millions of dollars at stake, that becomes a, a tricky thing. Uh, and so I, I think ideally you want to see an amputee actor. I think, I think if they would have, if they would have done, if they would have cast an amputee actor, I think the, the potential of the film probably doing probably as well as it did, uh, uh, could could be made. I think you could make that argument because I think you, this, the the narrative of uh, of the amputee actor playing the role would have garnered as much press. Um, well, but more, there's no way to there's more authenticity to the to the storyline, 
Right. Because it's more of the, and I think, I think what people are starting to learn is that that's what audiences want. I think, you know, right now audiences, we are, we are craving more authenticity. And so the more we lean in, we lean, lean into that. I think the better, um, the better engagement you're going to have. I think if you look at the film peanut butter Falcon that's coming out, I mean, I think, um, they fought, they had to fight really hard for, uh, uh, for their plan of authenticity, but that the whole project was based on uh, a character with a disability. They wrote the whole movie with an actor in mind kind of, uh, and the authentic, the authenticity, um, makes that film very special. And, and, and that's garnered the attention that's garnered the buzz that's garnered the, the, the success that the film has had. Uh, I don't think the film would have had that success had they not really, really been committed to the authenticity of, of telling that story. But then obviously coming back to the, your point with Camp No Limits, do you think it gives sure. the, the kids uh, a greater sense of, and I'm going to play a little bit on, on obviously what my pillars, my business are, have a greater sense of, adaptability to the environment because they're going to get to get to know peers uh throughout their area of the united states because you said there's multiple camps and then they've mm-hmm. got those everlasting friendships uh connections relationships and also networking from that basis which i think will probably enable them going forward to master whatever craft they go into because they've got and built an underlying like fundamental uh key relationships that they've built over a number of years to be able to Mm -hmm. call upon somebody uh be it in whatever field that may be in to say well i have a question on this can i can i ask you and and it gives i think it gives a little bit more sense of not necessarily vulnerability but be coming back to that authenticity perspective the other person has lived those hardships as well so when they Mm. talk about a specific topic or a specific program or a project in mind that person can then envision as well this is what i'm thinking about it i'm coming from the same mold as you for as somebody with a limb difference here's then the, the the my contribution to you do you think this is where the younger generation are going to be best placed because they've got those everlasting connections going forward. So be it if they do hit on rough times, they've got that support network to say, well, you've done it before you can do it again. I, I think so. I think, I, I think you hit right on it. I think you, 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 our campers are, are, are really connecting and making these sort of friendships that are, are really existing uh, throughout their lives. And I think some of these campers who sort of started, sort of these original campers that kind of started in, in 2004, five, six, you know, they're all reaching young adulthood. And I think if you, you talk to them, they, they still kind of connect. They still kind of catch up with each other. And I think if, 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 if push, you know, they, they could reach out when, when times are tough uh, to, to those friends who, who've sort of been, through some of the same challenges and, and, and things perhaps that they may, they may face. And I think probably most of them would say challenges aren't necessarily dealing with limb difference or, or anything like that. The challenges are just 
freaking life and, and, you know, figuring out like relationships and figuring out work and figuring out, you know, all those kinds of things, but having that kind of support system coming from not only hopefully your family and some of the, you know, the other connections you make, but from someone who has had a similar lived experience uh, can, can make some sense. And I think I, I find that, you know, in my personal life too, I think it's um, there, there's certainly folks that, that offer me guidance and support, but, but having some, someone that uh, has had, has had that lived experience uh, is so much more powerful. And, and in some ways a little more, um, you know, I don't know if deeper is the right word, but, you know, having some, some frank conversations with, uh, uh, with some of the other adult mentors that I've met over the few of these last, you know, several years and the friendships I've made there, um, have been very important to me. And I think, and I think, I think absolutely that, that, that sort of comes down into, to our campers. And, and you think about how much of a bond, uh, those relationships are coming out of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you know, of going through these camps and really developing these friendships. I think it's a, it's a, it's a huge part, uh, a huge contribution that, uh, just overall community is, 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 is really doing. Do you think it going against the grain a little bit of, of, of obviously if you look at the greater sense of what is society, people are more inclined to be like you and I were of what well, we've done it mm-hmm. in the past ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we come up with hardship, what is life? Oh, I'm going to do it again like that because I came up the right. other side. Whereas I think that's generally speaking the wrong way about it and to do it because this hardship you may have encountered now mm-hmm. is maybe tenfold of what you've experienced in the past. And, and you probably didn't envision that there is a support network behind you anyway, be it friends, family, and you took right. kind of downplay it's like, well, I did it myself or probably in reality you didn't, but then you try mm-hmm. and reenact that same way in thinking as an adult and you literally do it by yourself and then you struggle and you kind of think to myself, What's the difference? Do you think because they have that social bond from such a young age, they have no problem reaching out, be it however big the magnitude of the problem is? Well, I hope so. I, I, I think, again, it comes down to each individual, right? So every individual is going to be different. Uh, and I think, there's, I think there's still, I think it's in our, the DNA still of our culture is that, um, that, uh, oh, we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. we got to get this. And it's just us. It's me against the world. And I'm going to accomplish this. And I'm going to do everything myself. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, when we take that step back in, uh, in our consciousness and say, wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, all the things that I accomplished were, there were a lot of people who were supported. There were a lot of people around me. And so I think it's sometimes we have to take that step back because we, we do have to sort of push a little harder. Um, and that's sort of what we've learned to do. I, I do hope uh, the work that we're doing now uh, is laying that groundwork of um, allowing. Um, it's sort of like I think you know we 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 have uh, the icon for for Cam No Limits is 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 a heart, right? And it, it doesn't necessarily look just like a heart. It's all these different sort of shapes that kind of make a heart. Because the, the idea for us and why the heart is so important is that it is our differences that 
unite us, right? And it really brings us together. And so it's all the differences that are coming into camp, whether it's the difference of limb, uh, the limb difference, the difference of experience, the difference of uh, uh, circumstances, situation, all of those differences are coming in. And yet all of those differences are, are, are truly what's uniting us. And, and so it's embracing those differences. And that's sort of what makes the heart of camp happen, right? So th- those, those connections that are made uh, through these years, those bonds that are created um, have, have really sort of been beating together for, for a while, you know? And, and I, I do hope that certainly it's, it's, it's in our mission that, that we, are, we are providing that opportunity uh, for that empowerment, uh, but those connections uh, and, and laying groundwork and space for them to grow and to uh, to develop. Um, but that's that's a I, I can't tell you how many uh, camps that I go to that you um, you know you, you see these uh, the, the the kids this sort of like they 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 connect they connect with uh, they may find one kid that that's just like. Oh my gosh, you're like my doppelganger or something, you know, like you're like me and I've never seen this before and I can't, you know, I can't get over it. And then, and they're inseparable and, and, and you, 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 you do love seeing those, those connections. And I think, um, I, I certainly think so. I, I, I hope that they're going to be able to lean on each other, uh, and, and, uh, and, and they're going to be able to find that way to support. Um, so it's not just, it's not just the adult mentors. It's not just the staff of camp that's really offering that support, but ultimately it's coming from, uh, from that internal heartbeat that, that is the lifeblood of the camp, you know? So David, let me ask you this question then. Where do you see the future hold for Camp No Limits? Well, I, I, I certainly hope we continue to grow. I think, uh, excuse me, sorry, I had to get some more. Uh, I think, um, uh, it's a lot of talking. Uh, I I would love to see us um, continue to grow. I mean, we talk a lot about, um, you know, I think there are like 12, 13, 1400 uh, births a year that, you know, deal with limb difference. And then you add in uh, amputees through trauma or, or other means. Uh, there's, there's a lot of folks uh, who, who haven't heard about, us who who don't know that we are uh, we exist as a resource, so I, I would like to see us continue to to develop and, and, and get a few more camps uh, across the country um, to continue just the work that we're doing because uh, you know we're for the most part our camps are are pretty close to capacity you know um, which is a great thing to to, to have uh, going on but uh, for us to continue to to grow. And, 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 and continue to do our mission and to continue to support, continue to educate, continue to empower um, those, those, those young people and, that, and their families that, that haven't heard about us yet, uh, who may not even know, who may not have found the resources. Like we, you know, now with the internet, you're, you're, you're finding a lot of things, but, but they may not, may not have that, uh, that, that may not have found that community, may have not found that sort of vein of the internet that kind of gets them there. Um, so I would like to see us continue to, to develop and to grow. And I think that's what we're, we're certainly working toward um, uh, right now is really kind of continuing to um, uh, really focus on our, um, our staff and focus on, 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 on the potential of, of, uh, of how we can grow in the future. Do you ever see it going internationally as well, though? 
yeah, we need to be in, you know, jolly old England, man. You know, we need to get over there. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I would love it. I mean, if, 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 uh, if we're able to kind of do that, because obviously, like we said, I mean, you know, kids with limb difference are, we're, you know, are, are everywhere. And, and we have been everywhere. There's, there's our communities uh, have not, haven't grown. And so when you really try to find the, the support system, there's a, you know, we have an organization um, uh, that has been helping um, uh, provide prosthetics internationally, predominantly to uh, countries that, uh, uh, that don't have as many resources. So, um, you know, you, you go around the world right now, there, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of young kids that are amputees that are, or congenital amputees that have never seen anyone who looks like them who may feel they're completely alone. Um, so, so I think there's, there's a potential for a lot of growth, um, and, and, and hope. And I, and I hope, you know, that we're encouraging families and, and showing the potential because I, I still think, and, and, and we've been very fortunate and blessed to be in a part of the world that, that, that allowed us the opportunity to have knowledge, uh, of perseverance, to have knowledge of potential. Uh, but I still think there are a lot of places in the world where, where, where that, might not be uh, given to someone uh, with limb difference or limb loss. Um, and so really trying to expand as much as we can to sort of spread that message um, of empowerment in the world. You know, I think it's, there are no limits, right? So we're, we're going to keep pushing and trying to, uh, to figure out like how we can serve uh, as many people as, as we can. So my penultimate question to you, David, then is how how are we going to break down those barriers of obviously expanding uh, people's knowledge and obviously resources in those areas where their 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 perception and and perspective towards a bit limb difference limb loss is obviously a few years behind, be it the Western world. What 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 do you think it's going to take to be able to probably put stop this notion of limits being put on those individuals and, and obviously getting them to be able to believe in themselves like you and I have done when we're growing up and obviously the next generation to believe mm-hmm. there is no limits. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's education, right? It's, it's knowledge. Uh, what the, what is the best way to do that? I, I, I don't particularly know. I think it, it's, from seeing representation, it's either seeing representation through uh, arts and media, it's potentially seeing representation through uh, through athletics and sports. Uh, it's potentially just seeing representation uh, through organizations that are uh, and, and, and providing that kind of work. Uh, and I think it, it certainly comes down to resources. You know, uh, the work that we do requires resources, uh, and so I think it's it's people number one from our community. Uh, that like the work that's happening, that want to give back to the work that's happening. I think it's, it's certainly that, but it's also our allies. It's the families we come from. It's the organizations that we work for, the people who have been, um, who have, who have found um, encouragement or dare I say inspiration from, from us, even if that's not what our intent has been. I think there's a, there's a inspirational um, caveat that sometimes gets put on anything that someone does with limb difference or limb loss, that it's, it's so inspiring. And I think that there's a, I always sort of 
push back a little bit. I, I think that if, if what I'm doing is, in, is, uh, is, is encouraging you, then that's fantastic. And I hope, I hope you uh, continue to work and find the best uh, part of yourself in, the, in, in a way to be the best person that you can be. Um, I, 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 hope, I hope that's great. But the fact that I drive a car or the fact that I get up and make breakfast and, you know, you know, make a pot of coffee isn't super inspiring that I do that with one hand, you know, it's just me, this is me doing my day. It's what I do. Um, so I think, I think it's, it, but if you have uh, been encouraged and, and, and inspired from, from those of us who are, who are out in the world and, and, and doing this kind of work um, to, to support organizations, I can't move on to support other organizations that are, that are out there doing some really good things. Um, and so we'd love, that's, that's the other thing is, 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 getting the word out about what we're doing. Uh, so I'd love, you know, folks to go to our, you know, go to our website, kind of see some of the videos and some of the things that we're doing. I think, I think you're going to like the work that we're doing. If you like it, uh, then help support, it. Uh, you know, think about uh, helping us with those resources to be able to continue and to be able to grow. And I think that's, that's kind of ultimately how, you know, it's going to keep expanding, 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 whether, um, and, and, you know, folks who are coming, to Camelot Limits are going to, to find other ways that they're going to contribute, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to all these different communities. And then hopefully uh, from those different communities, we're going to, we're going to meet and, and, and find opportunities in other parts of the world. And we were, we, we, we certainly have uh, folks coming from different parts of the world to our camps here. So it's, it's building those relationships and building the potential for resources to allow us to, to do more. So my final question to you, David, before we wrap up the episode is then, if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? The, it could be a run-on sentence, right? Um, <laughs> uh, the one sentence is, uh, there is a lot of amazing work being done for young people and adults with limb difference and limb loss across the country, uh, across throughout the United States and, uh, and, in, and internationally. Um, my work is with an organization, Camp No Limits, and we are supporting young uh, individuals with limb difference and limb loss and their families. And to change the world, we're going to need your help. We're going to need you to invest uh, in certain resources to help us continue that mission uh, because this younger generation that is coming up uh, has, has, has got some amazing momentum right now uh, with their knowledge of uh, and acceptance of who they are. And this has turned into a paragraph. Sorry, <laughs> but they, but the younger generation of amputees uh, and those individuals with no difference are going to continue to change this world for the better. So David, once again, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for your work and what you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you very much. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let David Camp No Limits and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at David Harold 3 that's the number 3, at Camp No Limits and at James O. Roberts 11 and that's the number 11. And you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. 
And if you had any questions, don't hesitate to shoot them over as well. And finally, don't forget to give their website a follow at nolimitsfoundation.org. And as always, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab resources. But not forgetting, I've also started a new Facebook group, especially for the podcast, which you can find by typing The Mindset Athlete. So make sure to check those links out. They will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category general. So once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.